Hello and welcome. We are on the Revival Road with Evangelist Chance Walters. If you are new to the podcast, each week we will upload a new message taken from one of our ministry opportunities from all over the world. Our prayer is that the Word of God would challenge you and change you, conforming you into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For more information, to give or to send in prayer requests, go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. And now, here is Evangelist Chance Walters. We hope you enjoy the program. Okay, I have a confession. I love food. How about you? And in the flesh, I really don't like fasting. It's true. But when you fast, you feast upon the bread that comes down from heaven. And that's what I want to talk to you about today in this message, feasting and fasting. Maybe you've never heard a teaching on fasting before, but really briefly, I want to talk about what is fasting, why, we should, why should we fast, and what fasting achieves for every believer. Are you ready? Fasting is mentioned in both the Old and New Testaments. In the New Testament, the Greek word simply means to abstain from food. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word means to cover your mouth, okay? And I know people use the word fasting for, for other kinds of sacrifices, let me say it that way. But true biblical fasting is covering your mouth. It makes it hard to eat, okay, with your mouth completely closed. So the basic idea is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's not dieting, it's realigning yourself with deity, with, with God. Are you with me? So biblically, there's different kinds of fast. I want to talk about that today. There, there, in the Bible, there's a, a half-day fast, a one-day, a three-day, seven, 10-day, 21-day, 40-day fast. There's all different kinds of fast. And this is what I love about our relationship with the Lord is because He doesn't force us to do anything. He doesn't require, if you will. I mean, He doesn't... Um, he doesn't rule with an iron rod. Let me put it that way. When you pray, He doesn't say how long. He doesn't say where. He doesn't really say say how. He just says, I want you to talk to me. It's a two-way street. Um, when, when you give, you know, He says, give your tithe, but also I want you to give your offering. And, and, and when you live this Spirit-filled life, there are moments in time when the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and it may be out of the ordinary. And, and it's the same way with fasting. He says, you know, I want you to do this. And I want to ask you today, have you ever fasted before? If you've never fasted, I want to challenge you to, to make this a part of your regular spiritual diet. <laughs> Amen? And this is something that you may not understand about fasting, but fasting is a powerful weapon when accompanied with prayer. Fasting gives extra power to prayer. And I've been thinking about this. 
been thinking about weapons, if you will. But think about the bow. The bow is a thrusting agent used by hunters of all kinds to direct the arrow. The arrow is very dangerous all by itself. But when you attach it to the bow, it bets extra speed, distance, power, and accuracy. This illustrates the relationship between prayer and fasting. Prayer is powerful all by itself. But when you fast, it becomes so much more effective, powerful, accurate. Are you with me? And personally, this is my 11th year in which I've set aside a season of prayer and fasting at the beginning of a new year to bless the rest. It's my first fruit offering to the Lord. I'm giving Him my fleshly appetite. And by doing so, He graciously increases my faith every single time. And I'll be the first one to say this one discipline has greatly affected the spiritual landscape of my life. In all seriousness, I really don't know where I would be without this one thing. It's the missing link in the body. I've got so many testimonies. See, when you fast, you, you shift in your spiritual life and, and suddenly you find yourself in the fast lane. So number two, why do we fast? First of all, Jesus said to, Matthew 6, 16, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces like they may appear to men to be fasting. But assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward already. See, notice that Jesus did not say if you fast, but when you fast. When the disciples of John asked Jesus why his disciples did not fast, Jesus replied, that his disciples wouldn't fast while he was still with them. But after he was taken away from them, them, then his disciples would fast. And we need to understand this. Fasting is not an optional extra. It's an expectation that the Lord has of his followers. This is something that the Lord wants you to do. Another reason why we should fast is that we have the examples of Scripture. Moses fasted in Exodus 34, 28. David fasted in 2 Samuel 12, 16. Jehoshaphat fasted in 2 Chronicles 20, 30. Ezra fasted in Ezra 8, 23. Nehemiah fasted in Nehemiah 1, 4. Esther fasted in her book, chapter 4, verse 16. Daniel fasted in 9, 3 of his book. The disciples of John fasted in Mark 2, 18. Jesus fasted in Matthew 4, 2. Anna, the prophet, Fasted in Luke 2.37. Cornelius fasted in Acts 10.30 for the Gentile Pentecost. The Apostle Paul fasted in 2 Corinthians 11.27. Paul and Barnabas fasted in Acts 14.23. Are you getting the message? Fasting is an important part of living a supernatural lifestyle. All of these men and women in Scripture pushed away the plate. And they said... I am going to do something to realign myself with the will of the Lord. And so they saw God manifest. Number three, what does fasting do? Four things really fast. Fasting humbles us. David said in Psalm 35, 13, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing became sackcloth. Therefore, I humbled myself 
with fasting. It's amazing to me how fasting humbles the heart. This is why when we fast individually, we should do it in secret. Jesus basically said that fasting is a private discipline that brings public reward. When you fast, you're saying, God, I'm doing this in secret because I love you and I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And whenever you leave your prayer closet, see the secret is found in the secret place. When you go away and shut the door and bow your knees and begin to pray, God hears your prayer and fasting gives you extra power in prayer. You pray the perfect will of God in the Spirit. And suddenly, you know, the following days and weeks and months ahead, because fasting is a seed sown. And you don't sow the seed and necessarily reap the harvest in the same moment. But you're sowing a first fruit offering unto the Lord in January, you say. And suddenly, throughout the year, you sense this, this favor and mercy manifesting in your life. And you know where it comes from. It comes from humbling your heart. James 4 verse 6 says that He gives us grace. He gives us more grace. And I quote, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves, right there in verse 10, in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Friend, this makes me happy. Humbling ourselves leads to an outpouring of God's grace. When we humble ourselves, God rewards us with great grace. John Bunyan said, He that is down needs fear no to fall. He that is low no pride. He that is humble ever show God be His God. Hallelujah. Number two, fasting prepares the heart. We don't fast in order to get something from God. We fast in order to realign our heart with the Father's heart. The only thing stopping us from receiving everything that God has for us is the condition of our own hearts. If God is going to move in and through us, we need to align our hearts with Him. Wave the white flag. I'm telling you, how do you do it? By prayer and fasting. This is the truth. Fasting gets you to your destiny faster. Purifies you consecrates you. Oh, it, it makes you holy and righteous. You shed the dread and all of the all of the worldly things that 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 so easily entangle us suddenly are broken off of us in Jesus name. Number 3, fasting disciplines the body. And I love this, 1 Corinthians 9.27, the Apostle Paul said, But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So how do we discipline our bodies? To understand this, we need to understand that we are a triune person. 
We have a spirit, a soul, and a body. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Our spirit is the part of us that is touch, that is in touch with God and the spirit world. Our soul is comprised of our mind, will, and emotions, and our body is the part of us that is directly related to the physical world, including our five senses. But what is the most important? It's the part of us that communicates with God, our spirit. But we are often dominated by our physical appetites, the appetites of the soul, the things in the world. And fasting helps to address this issue by bringing our bodies back into subjection because fasting forces the body to make sacrifices. And this is why I love fasting, because I love a good challenge. Even a partial fast, such as the Daniel fast, can be challenging for those. But, but seriously, it strengthens your self-control. Daniel performed this fast when he was almost 90 years old. So anybody can do this. I'm telling you, fasting strengthens your spirit and the fruit of self-control. John Piper said, The greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but hot apple pie. It's not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven, but the endless nibbling at the table of the world. It's not the X-rated video, but the primetime dribble. Every night, drinking from the table of the world. Friend, it's time to fast. Number three, fasting facilitates repentance. Joel 2.12, he said, he said, turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Joel wrote a book on revival. It, it, was, it was about personal revival. And scholars say that Jonah led one of the most powerful revivals in the Bible. You know his story. He went to preach to the Ninevites. And when he went to preach, how did they respond? Jonah 3.5 says that the people of Nineveh believed God and they proclaimed a fast. Can you believe that? And they put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of all. Their personal repentance was coupled with fasting. Personal revival is connected to repentance, prayer, and fasting. So if you struggle with unforgiveness, anger, lust, gluttony, apathy, selfishness, criticism, addiction, bondage, doesn't matter what it is. How will the people of God break through on these things? I'll tell you how. Through repentance, prayer, and fasting. He's the God of the breakthrough. Isaiah 58 verse 2 says that He will break the bonds of wickedness. If you're struggling with something in your life, this is the key that will unlock the door to your destiny. It's prayer and fasting. It sets the captives free. Which brings me to my last point, number four. If we're going to fast, what are we going to pray for? If fasting is so important... Coupled with prayer, what do we do? I'll tell you what to do. You pray for yourself. You need all you can get. 
just the same as I do. Pray for yourself. Pray for strength, wisdom, guidance, insight. Pray for the love of God to fill your heart. Pray for your family. Pray for, for your community, your church, your country. Get serious about lost loved ones. Pray that God would pour out His Spirit on, for such a time as this. Start today. Pray for unity. Pray for uh, uh, evangelism to be effective in your life. Pray for uh, the gospel to be preached all around the world. Pray for local lawmakers and leaders. Pray for those who are over you. Pray for your spouse, your parents, your sons and daughters. Make fasting an ongoing part of your spiritual life. Because when you fast, you feast on the bread of life. Let me say it again. Fasting is feasting on the bread that falls down from heaven. Yes, fasting is abstaining from anything that hinders your relationship with Him. If you say, I will fast when God lays it on my heart, you, my friend, will never fast. Fasting has to be something that you are pertinent and ready to do. It's not something that's pushed aside. Prayer, fasting, giving, all these spiritual disciplines have to be intertwined into your spirit. The abstinence is not to be an end in itself, but rather for the purpose of being separated to the Lord and to consecrate yourself unto godliness. Can I preach just for a few more minutes? This kind of fasting reduces the influence of our self-will and invites the Holy Spirit to do more of an intense work with in us. And this is why I fast. I purge myself. This is why I pray and fast at the beginning of every year because last year was great. But I believe in God that this year is going to be greater. But not only for me and my four, but for you and your family and your ministry. This is the key that unlocks closed doors. Fasting in a biblical sense, is choosing not to partake of food because your spiritual hunger is so, so deep. Your determination and intercession is so, so intense. The spiritual warfare is so, so demanding that we have to temporarily set aside even fleshly needs. Even as eating, we gotta, we got to cover our mouth and open our heart to prayer and meditation. See, the purpose of fastening is, is to loosen to some degree the ties in which the world binds us to material things and even our surroundings as a whole in order that we may consecrate all our spiritual powers upon the unseen and eternal world. Are you with me? Fasting helps express the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice Anything. If you'll give up, if you'll give up food and just drink water, I'm telling you, you get God's attention. And you say, I just, I just want you. I just want to know you and make you known. I just want the kingdom of God to flourish in my family. This is what Andrew Murray said. And it's the exclamation point. The leaders in every generation flex their spiritual muscles by faith and they fasted. 
Did I fail to mention fasting is feasting on the bread that falls down from heaven? So what are we going to do? I don't know about you, but since he died for me, I'm going to live for him. He died for me. I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do. And he wants you to fast. He wants you to feast. I'll see you next week. God bless you, your family, and your ministry. And may He give you the greatest. I'm telling you, 2023 is going to be our best year yet because we're going to make it our best year spiritually. God bless you. This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time, we are on the Revival Road. For more information, download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.